0: This is Ed Cohen, your broadcast host of Global Radio Talk Show, coming to you today from Germany and San Diego, California. Our special guest today is Chris Litherland, founder of Organization Effectiveness Consultancy called Mariposa Consulting International. Chris is based in Germany. He's a Brit. Living in Germany, several years. A bit of a background, Chris Litherland is an organization effective consultant, business mentor and executive coach, and as I said, the founder of Mariposa Consulting International. He is based now near Dusseldorf in Germany and specializing in helping global organizations to address strategic challenges in areas such as employee engagement, employer branding, mobility, organizational performance recognition and rewards and talent management chris has held senior international hr roles including in the american conglomerate honeywell intermech technologies analytics software developer sas institute and the japanese computer giant fujitsu Looking back, Chris was an environmental studies graduate from Sheffield Hallam University, a chartered fellow of the CIPD, SHRM, SCP, and GPHR accredited, and a former global advisory board member with SHRM. He's a founding member of the SHRM Forum Leadership Board for Austria and Germany. Chris is a regular judge for international business awards, HR awards, and a member of the Workforce Business Intelligence Board. He's a frequent keynote speaker and a panelist at global conferences, a writer and a thought leader. And I want to interject here that Chris has been a speaker at several of the global business news conferences and will be again in Stuttgart, Germany on June 11th. Chris is a keen supporter of charitable causes and organizations including Save the Children, UNICEF, the International Red Cross, So as I said, he's originally from the UK, and for the past 19 years, he's based in Germany. He says his motto is hashtag learn to live, that's the number two, hashtag learn to live, and hashtag live to learn.
1: It's pretty cool, huh?
0: Let's welcome Chris.
1: Hi, Ed. Uh, really nice to be with you today.
0: Well, thanks for being our guest on Global Radio Talk Show. It's a broadcast service of Global Business News.
1: So, Chris, I want to
0: ask you about, organ from your point of view, especially as a published author connected with the UK-based CIPD, what is organization effectiveness? It's a huge topic these days, but what's your take on it?
1: Yeah, thanks, Ed. It's absolutely a huge topic for sure. So I try to see it as in a very simplistic terms, really as you know, the opportunity for an organization to be kind of most effective and achieve its desired outcomes or goals. So it's really about how an organization goes about doing its business. You know, if you take a deeper dive into some of the, the elements of that statement, you know, like that simple definition. You realize that every organization has some real unique set of choices and choices around, you know, what it does, how it does it and why it's doing it. And those elements are all kind of very key to the organization effectiveness kind of approach these days. In, in most organizations, you'll, you'll kind of find they have a really, really good view right, on what's working well and what's not working well. Um, particularly if they're already getting data from the market from their customers, you know the trends, customer feedback, and internally their organization performance, not just their financials but their corporate scorecard but the challenge really ed is is really around how they go about making choices for today and for the future and I think for me in I mean, my role helping organizations through those challenges, it's really about, you know, looking at the strategy, you know, is a strategy good for today? Is it good for next month? Is it good for next quarter, let alone for next year, particularly with all the external and internal challenges um, from the market, from customers, from digitization, all of these kind of trends. So there's lots of things happening.
0: I wanted to jump in and ask you about uh, this. This topic sounds very corporate, of course, but what about smaller companies, not just giant multinationals?
1: So for smaller organizations, it's about scalability. You know, it's, it's about meeting the challenges of, of growth um, and how they can do that. And they can really fast track some of the learning from uh, larger organizations, larger to them. Within their sector, but also within parallel sectors. So there's lots of learning to be gathered from looking at comparison. But I'd put a health warning on that statement, Ed, by saying not everything that other people are doing and other organizations are doing will work well for small businesses or for any other organization. You know, I see organizations as unique entities. Um, which is why I kind of framed it as, you know, really about those choices, you know. So I think, you know, for organisation effectiveness, it really should be, you know, looking at those strategic elements. And whether you're small or big or medium sized, it's all about those strategic elements. Um, And, you know, when you look at that, I think how confident and optimistic the whole of their organisation is about the future. So, if you're two people or 2,000 people or 200,000 people, now how that whole organization feels about the future is also kind of key.
0: Let's focus on smaller companies, say a company with 25 people in it, which means the CEO is doing a couple of things in addition to being CEO. And so, it's everything day to day in an enterprise that size. Now I I happen to know about that because that's what our company, Global Business News, is all about. Talking about organization effectiveness to me from my perch means make that next call, you know, collect that overdue account receivable and think about the future and how am I gonna get to where I wanna go six months from now. So I mean it's kind of seat of the pants, not really, but sort of seems that way. And I would suspect that in a larger organization, say 100 people or 200 people are huge, it's not done that way. So could you affirm that and, and go a little bit deeper, please?
1: Yeah. So I think, Ed, there's, there's always different elements to how organizations kind of work. So even in larger corporate organizations, you will find you know, very tactically driven day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, quarter-to-quarter. You know, lots of corporate organizations are quarterly driven. And then when you break that down into the teams within their organization, which could be teams of 10 or 15 people, they're very tactically kind of driven as well. But it's the strategic framework. So for you, in, you know, in, in your kind of case of uh, being a, a small enterprise, I think organization effectiveness is absolutely a topic for discussion because it's what kind of market are you in you know how mature is that market how mature are you in your offerings to that market you know how are you set up you know what's your culture what's your values within your organization and you know as you bring people in to help with you whether you hire them in or you collaborate or you you're in a federation you know being true to your culture and values is also kind of key, irrespective of, of size. So, I, you know, I see from, you know, my experience working in and with, you know, different sized organizations that, you know, culture and values plays a significant role in performance and in success. You know? I work with very small, uh, medium sized businesses and, you know, some of those uh, are you know, privately owned. Um, you know, and the big topic of conversation for those privately owned businesses tends to fall into one of two areas. It's either how do we keep our values going forwards as we grow, and then the other one is who's going to take on the legacy, who's going to drive it through to the next phase when I'm gone. Typically, the owner, whether when they've retired or when something else happens. So, organisation effectiveness is is a topic for every sized organization, Ed.
0: Well, thank you. Now, what about cross-border enterprises and communicating across borders, across time zones, across cultures? How does organization effectiveness training work when you have a multicultural, multi-time zone enterprise?
1: Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's really a good question in in the sense that, the speed of business these days and the globalization and the technology advancements have, have really you know put some challenges into organizations, but it's also given a great deal of opportunity you know and you know I'm really, really excited about how organizations are rising to the challenges of, of working across cultures. and I think if an organization kind of looks within itself and is clear about You know, it's values. And I'll keep going back to values probably all the way through our conversation, Ed, because it is so important. You know, I think there's some real importance around, you know, having shared values, but respect for culture. That doesn't mean to say everybody has to fall in line with the culture within the organization. I think it's really around respect for the values. So as you globalize, as you kind of work across different cultures, it's being respectful and if it's built around trust and integrity and and that's kind of seen throughout the organization and it's really lived then i think it's it it really helps you know with that uh, that that meeting of the challenge on globalization so
0: organization effectiveness it cuts across everything doesn't it branding so for instance you know, whatever that means, branding sounds like Coca-Cola or whatever, you know, but Budweiser beer, what does branding have to do, employer branding in particular, and employee engagement have to do with organization effectiveness, in your opinion?
1: I mean, again, very simply, I think, you know, when you look at an organization these days, it's made of people. And it's people that make the product or add the value to the service. So it's people orientated businesses, business to business and consumers, which are, you know, very clearly people. So having, you know, a clear understanding of a value proposition, whether it's, you know, a Coca-Cola and its brand, but also the internal brand, you know, there's, there's very little difference these days, Ed, between the external and the internal, you're looking for advocates, you're looking for supporters, you're looking for, you know, that net promoter score externally as well as internally within the organisation because you're looking for people who can really get what you're all about, you know, what's your purpose as an organisation, what you're looking to do as an organisation, you know, what difference are you making in the world, what difference are you making kind of globally, locally, with your product but also with your people so it's uh, it's all encompassing when you talk about employee value proposition or evp or internal branding
0: and you see this in germany as well as in america
1: absolutely I, absolutely i think you'll find subtle nuances across the world around you know the national culture and you know, not wanting to get into kind of stereotyping because I think that is disrespectful. But I think you know there are clear views around how certain organisations within certain countries work. You've only got to look at kind of uh, productivity, how many hours um, the average worker in a particular country is working, and the different metrics that you can see on a country level basis. So absolutely, I I see it being true across all countries.
0: Fascinating conversation here with Chris Litherland. Now let's talk about you, Mariposa Consulting International. So tell us about what you do and how do you run your organization effectiveness?
1: I'm in that merry band of small businesses. Yeah. So I have to kind of take my own advice when I look at how I operate. So essentially what Mariposa Consulting is really all about, I wanted to kind of establish it really on the basis of helping organizations, I'm talking, I think, very specifically about teams and individuals, to be the best they can be. So that's really leveraging on my kind of experience and collaborating with others in the consultancy area to really bring a cohesive team to help organizations and help the teams kind of work. So typically we're kind of specializing in client focused kind of bespoke solutions. In many of the areas of organization effectiveness we've mentioned already Ed, including strategic reviews, business mentoring, which is all about that scalability, growth challenges, so we help clients complete strategic reviews using our tools, which includes you know, things I call the maturity model and a review of a culture value chain. So we do that with corporate organizations, irrespective of size or sector, whether they're looking at things on a strategic or tactical level or local or global. But we also help service providers and consultants to design and develop their market offerings and programs so we're looking at innovation and collaboration with other providers to help them kind of go to market but also I do some solutions focused coaching with executives and uh, and individuals and we also kind of help in business support and because I have a HR background in the corporate world you know I do HR excellence programs with organizations, but I guess to kind of sum it all up, you know, the Mariposa philosophy is, is really about extraordinary outcomes everywhere. That's really quite a huge challenge, but one I'm willing to take on with a client in collaboration.
0: So are you, in a Mariposa framework, as opposed to a Honeywell, for instance, are you a crisis manager or an opportunity manager?
1: I think it's more around opportunity. I think it, it's it's really about opportunity, in in the sense that a lot of what um, what I I do, kind of Mariposa, is, is really about helping others, and 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 this really comes back to kind of how I was in my formative years you know when I was at school you know wanting to try new things whether it was sports or new subjects that were coming through in the curriculum or you know in my corporate life you know if there was a an opportunity with doing a joint venture or merger and acquisition or there was a new change project I was always kind of at the front of the queue with with many others I have to say but always at the front of the queue putting my hand up saying yeah I want to try that so for me, it's about I think getting into situations where you are driving you know, change, you are looking at you know, breaking new ground and, and, and looking at things in a very kind of new way or uh, being optimistic about making a difference.
0: Yeah. So what do you think is the future for small business in Europe?
1: We can all kind of flip a coin and kind of guess on a few things that, that kind of might happen kind of going forward. But I think there are for any business, irrespective of size, I think, you know, there are some there are some challenges. But for me, there's a lot of optimism out there about the future, you know, given the advances that are being made in every aspect of our lives, you know, whether it's technology, whether it's medicine, you know, we're living longer, we're living healthier in most cases, which is why we're living longer, I guess. You know, people are getting information in a much more meaningful way these days, albeit still some challenges around making sure that you don't feel overwhelmed in all of that. So I think some of the challenges really, Ed, are going to be about focus and not getting that feeling of being overwhelmed, but also, I think, being challenged and looking at how the world is working in the digital age. And I think where people fit into that and really being clear about what their role is and what's going to make them happy and, you know, what kind of organisation or what kind of business they want to set up, how they're going to go about doing that. I think uh, that that's kind of clear. And it's going to accelerate, you know, and I think there's going to be lots of new themes and lots of new ideas coming through. And it's it's great, you know, I think the business is is going to be at the forefront of that. And with innovation and collaboration these days on a global scale, I think there's uh, there's lots of opportunity for businesses to, to really make a difference.
0: I think that social media has enabled breakdown of barriers and cross-border culturally and time zone. People are able to talk and communicate, exchange messages 24-7. From around the world and find new new opportunities, so it becomes multi-level. I'm not sure I'm saying this right, but it, it just seems like there's a lot of opportunity, and it's relationship-oriented rather than well, just as much as product-oriented. What would you say?
1: Yeah, I think that's very true. I think um, you know technology should always be the enabler, and it shouldn't be a means to an end. And social media is in that kind of category for me. I think you know it's it's understanding. I guess, where people are coming from. So when you talk about breaking down barriers, I think it's really great for communication and collaboration, but it can also be highlighting differences. So I think, you know, I wish, I guess, for we move forward, there's a much greater focus placed on commonality rather than differences and respect for differences. So social media should play a role in that for sure.
0: So Chris let me jump in and and ask you about your involvement with CIPD. What is CIPD? And you're a fellow of that and I know that you've written some very well received articles recently.
1: The CIPD is essentially the human resource professional body within the UK and uh, they do have uh, kind of other global presence in different territories. So they set the standard and the charter for the human resource professional kind of groups within uh, within the UK, very similar to Sheeram in North America, which I'm also uh, kind of involved with. And being a chartered fellow means essentially I'm kind of recognized, I've reached a particular standard. Within kind of competency framework, so it's a great recognition for me and and for others who also have the chartered fellow uh, status. Yeah, I've had uh, you know been very kind of pleased to write uh, write some articles. I've got some kind of new articles in process at the moment, but uh, the ones I've uh, I've kind of written have, have, have varied from you know. Uh, you know, talking about uh, the HR uh, kind of elements and organisation effectiveness elements through to, you know, what we were talking about earlier, Ed, which was uh, Germany and German kind of business practice and management um, styles and what works well. And and culture, uh, you know, is a key part of that in terms of driving performance within a national level. But there are some challenges for you Know each of the uh, kind of mature countries based on demographics, based on their kind of industry, but you know they've been very focused on what's true for them. You know, that in Germany they, they, they call it kind of the Mittelstand, which is the mid sized companies, and typically they are you know organizations that are family owned, you know, third, fourth generation. They focused, specialized in a particular area, leading-edge technology. They focused on quality and engineering, and they have a reputation for absolute excellence. And they've been globalizing through leveraging supply chain, doing lots of new things in that area. But management practice is, is still a relatively new topic within that mittelstand kind of group within Germany. You know, the corporate organizations, the global ones, you know, the the DAX 20 are very proficient these days in, you know, their management practices. They've been able to kind of bring things from other parts of the world as well as develop their own. So there's a huge opportunity for the mittelstand here to, you know, continue their development and their their improvements in... Globalization and productivity through adopting some of the you know the latest management thinking and leadership styles.
0: Spell if you could Mittelstein,
1: Mittelstand, yeah, yeah. So it's M I T T E L S T A N D, Mittelstand, all one word you'll find in German. Lots of, of kind of the English words will, um, will, will kind of all get combined into one big long word, which is great fun, I have to say. <laughs> uh, ha- having, okay. having been here in Germany for close on 19 years now, and my wife is German. So, uh, yeah, it presents some really nice challenges for an English native, I have to say.
0: So our last question here is about, I want to circle back to employee engagement. And with that in mind, the the last time you spoke at Global Business News Conference was in Zurich, Switzerland. The topic at the time was about the future of capitalism. So, you know, here we are in business. So what say you?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it takes us back in terms of what the, the future challenges are going to be. And I think, you know, for for most organizations, it's it's really going to be about organizations that can really focus on the rapid changes within their market and in their space and I think there's going to be a convergence around capabilities within core business processes within organizations you know which is really going to be accelerated by digital di- digitalization within organizations and that's going to have a tremendous impact on you know some of the business support functions the likes of HR and finance and IT, um, because I think, uh, as well as, you know, leaders within organisations, because I think, you know, business process is going to be absolutely key um, and, you know, how organisations can drive efficiency and effectiveness um, in a very agile way, you know. I, I think with the speed of change, if you kind of reframe it, it's not it's not a negative. It, you know, you should be optimistic about it because at least you'll find out quicker whether something's working or failing. So I think change is is kind of an ine- inevitable, and uh, you know I think there'll be continued significant change. But one one area I think Ed that uh, you know I'd learnt really as a result of doing some of the research around the future of capitalism that topic you you. you uh, asked me to talk about in Zurich um, was was just how, uh, particularly in the corporate world, you know, that topic of governance and how that uh, that is going to change over time. And for sure, it will change because a lot of the governance, you know, the board of directors structure, you know, the representing the shareholder and protecting the shareholder all of that, um, that that kind of setup was was set up in a very different environment in a different world and as we get much more into that fourth generation revolution i think we'll see some changes in you know how the board of directors structure will work what its scope will be whether it kind of gets expanded or whether it gets replaced or there's some additional things but for sure you know i see that that governance piece is changing. So
0: it was set up in a top-down hierarchical people telling others what to do and holding them to that. And now, increasingly, especially with the new workforce, i.e. millennials, it's more flat and more collaborative, more of a team approach rather than dictatorial. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, it, it's, it's about that collaboration. It's about the focus. It's about purpose. So, yeah, absolutely, I would agree with you, Ed.
0: Well, it's been a delight speaking with you, Chris Litherland. How can people get in touch with you?
1: Anyone's interested in kind of reaching out and talking to me, they can contact me either through my LinkedIn profile, so Chris Litherland. They can contact me through Skype, and it's Chris Litherland, all one, all one word, doing it the German way. Or I'm also on Twitter. They can find me again under CJ Litherland, so at CJ Litherland. So anyway, LinkedIn, Skype or Twitter, you can kind of contact me and I can provide further information or we can have further discussion. Very open to collaboration, discussion, sharing, learning. You mentioned in your introduction, you know, my kind of mantra, my motto learn to live, live to learn. And I think I've lived by that ever since, you know, I was a schoolboy back in the UK. And, you know, some people will kind of reframe that now as growth mindset. I think that's really what I'm into. So really open to collaborating and discussing things with your listeners.
0: Thank you. Okay, and LinkedIn. So it's Chris Litherland, L-I-T-H-E-R, L-A-N-D. So thanks very much for being our guest, for our audience. Chris is one of the faculty members at our Germany meeting taking place on June 11 in Stuttgart where our host sponsor will be Mercedes-Benz of course it's quite an honor and we have people coming from across Europe and America for this June 11 meeting in Stuttgart and I'm really happy to have Chris on the faculty So Chris I thank you very much I welcome you back to do this again following the Stuttgart meeting and we'll see you on the trail. This is Ed Cohen, your host on Global Radio Talk Show. Chris, thank you again.
1: Thank you, Ed.
0: Signing off from Germany and San Diego, California. Yes, I think to myself What a wonderful